You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today, the topic of our podcast is borderline personality disorder and the all good, all bad mother. In this episode, we're going to talk about borderline personality disorder and why if you are a borderline with a borderline or recovering from the effects of borderline abuse, the splitting from I love you to I hate you happens. Borderline personality disorder is one of the most difficult disorders to work with and live with, either as the sufferer of BPD or the partner of the borderline or also the psychologist. Borderline personality disorder is similar to narcissistic personality disorder, where some psychologists, such as the late Alexander Lowen, believe borderline is a type of narcissism similar to covert narcissism or vulnerable narcissism. It can be very difficult to tell the difference between what is called vulnerable or covert narcissism and BPD. Some refer to the borderline as a failed narcissist because they didn't fully develop a narcissistic ego as the overt narcissist did. The shell that forms around a narcissist protecting him or her from shame and unbearable emotional pain can be thick and impenetrable with a narcissist where with a borderline it's thin and sometimes missing altogether. Many describe a borderline as an emotional burn victim because they're very thin-skinned and raw on an emotional level. They don't have the tough protection of an overt narcissist. Although an overt narcissist can be hypersensitive to criticism and not being seen in the light they want to be seen in, they have a much stronger defense than a borderline. What makes the borderline disorder particularly challenging is the splitting from all good to all bad. Similar to a narcissist, This is why the borderline loves you one minute and hates you the next. It can be very confusing to see a borderline split because it makes no logical sense. You might say we were getting along beautifully and then bam, his eyes went dark and he became very hateful towards me. So how and why does this happen? With a borderline, the splitting can be a result of a borderline mother. A mother who is loving and nurturing one minute and then angry, abusive, and punishing the next. It can be so confusing for a child. The only way they can cope is to split the mother into either all good or all bad. So there's a good mother who loves her child, and there's the bad mother who is cruel and abusive to her child. Now, I found some really interesting information from the website childhoodtraumarecovery.com. The child forms 
two mental representations of the mother, one reflecting her all-bad side and one representing her all-good side, and stores these representations, it has been hypothesized in two different parts of the brain as follows. The mental representation of the all-good mother is stored in the right hemisphere of the brain, and the mental representation of the all-bad mother is stored in the left hemisphere of the brain. The process is often referred to by psychologists as splitting, a psychological defense mechanism which can lead to not only two opposing unintegrated mental representations of the mother, good and bad, but similarly, two such contrasting unintegrated views of the world in general. Because of the mother's extremes of behavior, the two hemispheres of the brain are theorized not to develop in the normal integrated way, but to develop in such a way that makes each hemisphere relatively autonomous. This lack of integration between the two hemispheres and because of the different ways in which each hemisphere operates may also mean that the individual whose brain development has been harmed in such a way may also develop a marked tendency to dramatically fluctuate between viewing people, events, and circumstances in a logical or overvaluing way when in what we might call left hemisphere mode and viewing these same people, events, and circumstances in a severely hostile, negative, and critical way when in the right brain mode, seeing everything in terms of black and white rather than the more subtle, nuanced, and sophisticated shades of gray. So when we fall in love with a borderline, we don't meet the devaluing, hostile side of this individual at first. We may tend to meet the overvaluing, loving, caring, sensitive part of this person, which can be really amazing. And it's why we fall for this person. We are not aware at the time that we're falling in love that there's another side. In comes the right hemisphere switch. Our first thought is, who are you? And what did you do with my guy or my girl? This is what is called splitting. We're never prepared. Our own minds have difficulty comprehending what is happening. There's literally a split personality. One side might be kind and loving and the other side dark and abusive. Those of us who have loved a borderline keep waiting for our love to return. We don't want to believe the cruel side is real. We chalk it up to some kind of stress or mental break and want to believe it's temporary. Unfortunately, it isn't. We may get the kind, loving side back, but it won't last. Oftentimes, the splitting may involve several partners or love objects. The borderline may love the new person they just met or who is a already existing secondary source of narcissistic supply and hate the current partner who the borderline has built a life with. 
If the borderline leaves his or her current partner and goes to the secondary source of supply, it's only a matter of time before the splitting happens over there. And the roles may reverse to where the old partner is idealized and the new partner is devalued. It's a very complex web that psychologists have identified as a personality disorder. But borderline personality disorder is known to be a dance between neurosis and psychosis. There's a psychotic element to it, which puts borderline personality disorder in the realm of a mental illness. This may be the only thing that really makes sense. We not only witness the splitting into all good and all bad, but we witness a delusional aspect of the personality where it's very clear that the borderline, when splitting, is not living in the same reality as the observing partner. What those of us who are on the receiving end of borderline abuse need to understand is that this has nothing to do with us. As much as we are devalued, criticized, judged, enraged upon, we have become the bad mother. Whether we are male or female, it doesn't matter. That bad mother is still projected onto us. In the borderline's delusional right hemisphere aspect, the bad mother is projected upon the current partner who for that time and space ceases to exist. Although it can be very difficult to handle the rage and abuse that comes to us when the borderline is split off into the right hemisphere, we need to remind ourselves that this is not us that they're raging at. It's their bad mother. The mother who was cruel to them, who abused them, who neglected them, who abandoned them, and who failed to love them. They're rightfully angry at this mother, but we are not that mother. We didn't do anything to the borderline. We love them. We want to help them heal, to be whole. And we desire a stable and loving relationship with them. But we have no power or control over the splitting of the borderline. We can easily be won back when the borderline is in the left hemisphere. Unfortunately, this is also a projection of the loving, nurturing side of the mother, so the borderline doesn't really see us for who we are. They see us as a reflection of mother. We're either the mother they love or the mother they hate, but we're never really loved for who we are. Our love, kindness, nurturing, caring, attempts to help, attempts to confront or hold accountable are all overlooked, and we become a canvas for both sides of the mother. Borderline personality disorder is also characterized by an intense fear of abandonment. And this is likely because the bad mother was really abandoning. There's probably extreme fear in the child who experienced the abandonment of mother because his or her very survival is dependent upon that mother. And there's a fear if mother doesn't love them anymore, they will be left, thrown away, and will die. The intensity of the abandonment felt by a borderline can be like death. Because if mother leaves me, I will die. The abandonment fear experienced by a borderline is a fear of either real or imagined abandonment. Because of the delusional aspect of the personality, 
the borderline imagines scenarios that aren't real and believes them to be real. So they may accuse their partner of trying to leave them when this isn't at all what's happening. Events and circumstances can be interpreted as potential abandonment, such as maybe talking to a member of the opposite sex or getting home late or not returning a text message early enough. Although the partner may be very innocent without having any intentions of leaving, the borderline is viewing the situation through the lens of abandonment fear. The unfortunate part of this fear is that borderlines typically bring about the very thing they fear the most because of the way they treat their partners. Eventually, we all have to leave if we don't want to continue to be treated poorly, raged at, or abused. The sad thing is that most of us who have been involved with a borderline really do love that borderline and want them to get help and heal. But we ourselves can't do anything about their disorder. We're actually the last people who can help them because we're so often demonized and seen as the enemy. We can't love the borderline enough. We can't be enough or do enough. We can't make up for that abusive childhood. We may have compassion for the borderline, but we have to have compassion for ourselves too. And in the end, we need to have compassion for ourselves first and foremost for our very own survival. Although one would think or believe that providing someone who's never really received adequate or consistent love and care as a child with the love and care they never had, it would be very healing and it could change their circumstances. And we often get hooked in by this belief. We may see that the borderline is hurting and we might even see a desire to heal but we can never provide enough love to change their circumstances. The love we do provide is not trusted. It's not felt and it's not experienced because in their psychosis, the bad mother is waiting to annihilate them. What is needed is a very specific type of therapy by a very qualified therapist who works closely with borderline personality disorder clients. That therapy must be committed to by the borderline for many years. Now, when I say many many years, the minimum is three years to see any change, any real change, but therapy could go on easily for 10 years. Those of us who want the borderline to heal have to look at our own codependency. It's not healthy for us to stay in an abusive environment trying to get a borderline to see life through our lens. We can't spend our time and energy trying to get them into therapy or make sure they go to their appointments or even micromanaging their sessions by asking about them, all the while dodging the attacks of the bad mother projections. Sometimes the very best thing we can do is leave. Yes, it will trigger the abandonment fears of the borderline, 
but we're only enabling them by continuing to be their punching bag. It's true that they may go find another mother right away and never get help. They may simply repeat the pattern with someone else. But this is not our business. Our business is making sure that we are safe and getting the help we need to heal from the harmful effects of that relationship. I feel that I've been with several borderlines which are much different from the typical narcissist. I've always felt more deeply connected to the borderline because of his vulnerability and sensitivity. I've had much deeper conversations and really felt loved in a way that I never really felt with a narcissist. But I also felt much more extreme splitting with a borderline. In fact, the narcissists that I'm thinking in my life were pretty even killed. Now, this may not always be true for narcissists, but it was for me, where I didn't see a splitting behavior in the primary narcissist in my life. He was just more aloof, distant, non-emotional, insensitive, and abandoning in a way that the borderline wasn't. I found what I perceived to be emotional availability in the borderline refreshing in the beginning. However, the borderline was much more volatile, hostile, angry, and hateful when splitting. And this was very difficult to deal with. When the borderline was not splitting, life was beautiful and he was the love of my life. I could have stayed with this person for a lifetime. It was the splitting that ruined our relationship. I had no control over it. There was nothing I could do or say to stop it. I wasn't willing to tolerate the abuse that came with the bad mother projections. And so I left. And I missed the one I loved so much. But I was angry at the hostile, hateful side of him. I was really hurt by this aspect of his personality. And it takes a long time to heal from the effects of that kind of abuse. It's so crazy making that just like with the narcissist, you spend a lot of time and energy just sorting through the wreckage. There's a real cognitive dissonance when with a borderline. Who is he or she really? Which aspect was real? When we heal from such abuse, we come to realize both were real and neither were real. The real person is lost somewhere between the two extremes, and we never really get to know that person. And that person never really knew us. So in my own healing process, I try to remember that the borderline in my life was very damaged and likely suffered extreme abuse to a point I could never fully comprehend. I try to find compassion for him, but I also have to remind myself that I never really knew him, and he never really knew me. It was a fantasy relationship that I believed to be real. Borderlines make a lasting impact on us for the intensity of the love we shared and the intensity of the trauma we experienced. We never forget, and maybe this is a good thing because we don't want to repeat it. 
I hope this has been helpful for you, and I want to thank you so much for listening. If you need help recovering from a borderline or narcissistic abuse, you can find out more about me and my work at my websites, NarcissismFree.com and PathBackToSelf.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next podcast.